0: It's going to be a fat duck thing, right? I mean, like Heston will come out and be like, "This is your food, and here is the NFT of the sound and the picture of us cooking it on the blockchain. You pay enough for that food, I feel like you should get an NFT that comes
1: with it." <laughs> when you were of <laughs> that, you you sort of laid something down on the table. <laughs> I know. What I are did. you laying down? An SD card. <laughs>
0: So I've been thinking, you know, the other week I kind of trashed Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson for their whole uh, Billionaires in Space thing, and then it dawned on me when I was listening to this book by Adam Grant recently, there's a little section that they talk about the overview effect. And, you know, when like astronauts go into space and they see the Earth from outer space, not just, you know, from somewhere in the atmosphere, but really they see the Earth and they have this, it just changes them. They have a completely different understanding of their relationship with the world and of identity and national borders and all that
1: stuff. The overview effect. I just was like,
0: maybe more billionaires should go into space.
1: (laughs) I think when there was a photo printed on the front page of the New York Times, of the earth as seen from the moon and the earth was hanging there Mm. like a vulnerable blue-green marble in the vastness the vast blackness of space people said that that was worth the entire nasa budget because it was the first time that humanity was confronted with its place in the universe and the fragility of the earth and the idea that we're all on spaceship earth together that's interesting yeah so that's the overview effect right yeah but but i think can you get it
0: from a photo? I don't think you can get it from a photo. So apparently, so apparently I, was look, I was looking to see, is there a more carbon-friendly way of, uh, of getting the overview effect rather than just flying people into space? And in 2019, some researchers at the University of Missouri tried to recreate the experience. And what they used was this isolation tank and then half a ton of Epsom salts and a mm-hmm. waterproof VR headset. Maybe you know what they're doing more than me, but what, I mean, they they say they they reckon they were able to reproduce the effect with yeah, that's incredible. So the
1: the salts give you more buoyancy in the water. So you're in the isolation tank, and right. norm, normally you're kind of just reflecting on your thoughts or listening to ambient music. They've strapped a waterproof VR headset to you, right, and you they're are being showing shown you space the, Earth, the Earth, right, whilst you're floating on your back under the influence of gravity but in a dead sea equivalent buoyant Uh, ah so
0: you feel you feel like you're floating like actually floating well i mean you are floating but
1: you can still feel uh okay cool have you ever been in uh extremely salt dense water Mm, no i don't think i have like it is quite different you're annoyingly floaty (laughs) you're <laughs> annoyingly floaty. There isn't a single thing you can show a person that changes their whole. That's like a scales fall from your eyes moment that changes the whole of their mindset, like a psychic kick to the head. There is not a single that like you can't take someone into a room and transform them, their entire outlook, their view of themselves, and their understanding of the world.
0: Mm.
1: A lot of astronauts would beg to differ. That's why they coined it the overview
0: effect. It's, it's that, that powerful. It's that powerful that they come back and they have... This is their own view of it, but they have a completely different appreciation for the role of humanity. They don't understand national borders or politics. They don't see people as...
1: Um, it you we get frame the same how they see effect people from a one-week yoga retreat? <laughs> um a lot of kale, a lot of brown rice. Listen, there are billionaires who um, are interested in space and also interested in saving planet Earth by electrifying transport. Oh, is that what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So did you watch the um, Tesla? You, watched, uh, you saw Battery Day some time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Autonomy Day. Been, yeah, you saw Autonomy Day. Yeah. And yesterday was AI Day. So it was a deep dive on Tesla's AI progress and had some great right. sessions on Dojo. Uh, which I don't understand, I'm going to ask you questions about. And then at the end, in the, just one more thing, Elon brought on a special sort of new product line. Mm -hmm. What is it? It's a man in a robot suit. It's a bot, isn't it? It's the new Tesla bot. Now, what Elon says is that if you think about it, Tesla is already the world's biggest robotics company in a way because the car is half sentient it's basically a robot they make actuators they make batteries they make ai why not put it all together why not make a robot so next year the first one will be ready it's a tesla bot it's the shape of a five foot eight person it's um friendly and it can't chase you at speeds in excess of five miles per hour
0: yeah it's been help, isn't it?
1: you're supposed to be able to outrun it and you're supposed to be able to if required probably be able to overpower it so it's like a a really sort of lame version of asimov's three laws
0: wait what no it's just a lame version of the robots in irobot (laughs) that's that's what you're going for (laughs) i didn't see much about AI day because I, I haven't fully caught up with it.
1: But what were the big takeaways that you picked up on? Yeah, so it's a shame that that Tesla's bot was announced at the end because it's pretty much all that people will take away from it. It drowns out all the other news. So Completely. that and the. But isn't that the intent? I think the intent was the recruitment event to show how far ahead Tesla is on hardware for AI and to Mm -hmm. get lots of people involved and interested Um, and also to recruit people for the bot side of things, which is going to require, I guess, maybe, you know, some new skill sets. Okay. Yeah. Maybe some Boston Dynamics folks should come over.
0: I did wonder about that because, I mean, Boston Dynamics recently acquired by Hyundai, They've shown some really cool stuff with the Atlas robot. I think it's the Atlas one, basically doing parkour and doing really cool fun stuff. And there's no people in suits in their videos. They, that's, that's legit. I just thought the timing of this was tricky given regulators are starting to pick up on Tesla's claims on autopilot. And whilst I still look at it from a kind of from a data perspective in terms of miles driven on autopilot versus the number of accidents. You can't deny that there are still, there are still incidences where autopilot has been incorrectly used by people because of how it's been marketed. They sit in the back and jam an orange underneath the steering wheel so that it thinks that someone's driving it. And then it crashes into an inanimate object because it's just not ready yet. So I think, I don't know, the timing of all of this is a bit weird because you've got that going through heavy regulation with potential for software updates or even mass recalls of their cars. Meanwhile, they're like, oh, that whole autopilot stuff that qualifies us now for building humanoid robots. What could go wrong? It's a funny
1: PR decision. All right. Well, let's talk about different parts of what you've said. So yeah, the current NHTSA investigation into Tesla's so-called full soft driving autopilot functionality. It follows on from a bunch of crashes, some caused by drivers not keeping their hands on the wheel, Mm -hmm. some caused by that, plus combinations of other things like so long heavy goods vehicles, but that are sort of sideways on autopilot sometimes seems to have trouble recognizing that and some emergency vehicles as well and police vehicles Mm. and and those types of vehicles and a variety of other sort of incidents that have got a lot of attention. So there's that, and then I think two senators have written a letter calling out an area that is quite problematic, right? Which is the language around full soft driving and autopilot. Both those terms are quite misleading, and the claim would be that it's because Elon casually bandies around such terms on Twitter that you end up with the driver behavior Mm. that although you're supposed to keep your hands on the wheel, and although there is in some models... It's checking that your your attention is on the mm-hmm. vi- on on the driving. People have found workarounds to both, and yeah. perhaps they wouldn't be so keen to find workarounds if they hadn't shelled out ten thousand US dollars for a full soft driving feature advertised as such. So that's the kind of thing they're under fire for. What's the bot going to do? Can we pause? Because I think I have guests,
0: and I'll I'll be right back. I'll just wait here. Look who this is.
1: Uh. Hi. Hi.
0: This is Rory. Oh, hi, Rory. How old are you, Rory?
1: Five. Oh, wow, Rory. Five.
0: Five. Yeah, and he's got a five on his shirt. They've just come back from the cricket. So you're going to get your pyjamas on. Yeah. And then you're driving
1: home. Did you have a good time at the cricket? Um, yeah. Yeah, was it good? Who was who was it? Um, so I watched the boys and the girls. The boys oh, right. and the girls. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's safe it's home. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye.
0: It's my new assistant. You've just uh, got to start them young. train them up in the podcast industry. Let me reset my
1: speakers. Cool. I'll go back. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really confused about what's, what's the bot going to do. And so what it's for is for repetitive tasks that humans currently do. And so I think that's what it's for. And...
0: That are dangerous, right? There was something about... Replacing
1: humans that are doing dangerous, repetitive tasks. Mm. It sounds kind of good, to be honest. But the examples he gave of go to the grocery store and buy me some milk, they're not going to be doable in the first release. It's got the self-driving tech loaded into it. But like how... uh, Another example he gave was um, screwing this bolt into this piece of machinery. Mm. And I mean, the obvious application in the first instance is put it into the Gigafactory where there's always been this back and forth about is it actually better to assemble the cars manually or fully production line it and automate everything? And there was a point during production hell where he took the production line and switched it back to manual in spite of everything that he believed mm. because actually it was possible to send out cars faster. Maybe that's why we'll see them first and then after that, you know, maybe um maybe it has other applications.
0: I love that someone like Elon can imagine a future with these humanoid, intelligent robots, but then also imagine that they'll be used to go to grocery stores to pick up milk. <laughs> like, what?
1: like like Amazon Fesh is kind of doing the whole... I mean, now that there's the sub 15 minute delivery market, like GoPuff and Gorillas and what have you, you kind of begin to think, oh, the blocker there was not actually the labor costs. Mm. Did he mention
0: that in future people won't be doing these boring laborious and dangerous jobs and they'll probably be on a universal basic income
1: yeah he advocated for ubs and he said U- sorry, ubs yeah, the, bank. the bank he advocated for- <laughs> strange plug. And, uh, I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't put it past them, to be fair. UBS coming. allowing you to hold Doge. Sooner <laughs> or later, he was going to advocate for them. And he did. Uh, he says that you know, UBI is probably something that's going to have to be in place. Um, you don't have to do physical work if you don't want to. And if you think about what the economy is, capital is just a crystallized form of labor. And so mm-hmm. there could, with automation and these bots, be no limit to how big an economy could become he thinks there could be no limit to that so that's interesting yeah some some things he said okay so that's all on the bot side i'm going to pull out two other strands one was you know that some autonomous vehicle companies have gone into the space and tried to build very detailed high definition maps Mm -hmm. Uh, well meanwhile the approach that that tesla has taken has been very much camera based so instead of lidar and radar in the latest models he's stripping out all of those sensors and just going camera only on the basis that humans have two eyes you can do depth with that and if you add more sensors you just get a sensor fusion problem so what to take precedence off of when your radar is disagreeing with what your cameras see that's
0: true there's an interesting one though so i've watched autonomy days the last two that they've done and elon of the past would disagree of elon of the present because in the past he made the argument you don't need lidar which was his big thing because you all of the the uber ones and the waymo they all used the giant expensive lidar equipment which he said you don't need what you need is cameras and radar and the reason you need that is because cameras are really good at the machine vision activities and the sort of reading of the road that humans already do. And radar can handle situations where you've got fog or rain or different visibility problems that cameras are not good at because of lighting and everything else. Radar's really good because you get much more range. You don't get necessarily the resolution, but actually for the majority of driving, you don't need it. What you need to know is, is there a car there? Is there a tree there? Is there a small child? Which radar's better at than cameras, So when he's made the argument of moving to just visual cameras, I can't help but think it's driven by cost reduction and weight reduction and data science development simplicity rather than by the argument that he made previously, which is where I think either I struggle with the new thinking or Elon's contradicting himself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, noted. I think that the sense of fusion argument that he puts forward, which is it's difficult to know what to give precedence to if you have yeah, more than one type of sensor, the thing. is a genuinely illegitimate challenge. So what they showed this time, which was impressive, was they're doing some very clever joining up of all of the different data that they've sensor fused together to right. make maps that seem like, on the face of it, they might be kind of almost as good, probably not as accurate down to the millimetre level. But almost as good as the maps you'd get if you sent out an array of LiDAR laser dots into the world. Hmm. Uh, so they showed that and they showed how detailed the textured surfaces would be, how detailed the street markings would uh, are in their assembled collated maps. And, and kind of it, it got you to thinking about how is something that's possible for Tesla to kind of send the vehicles on rails to a certain extent. After a while, if enough people have driven down a particular highway or intersection. So that's strand two. Strand three was Dojo. They've built some hardware. I don't completely understand it. I think it's just amazing, amazing hardware for training neural nets. It's called Dojo and it's amazing, apparently. And so they're trying to get everyone to come and work for them. So that was another thing that came out. If you wanna hear about why going vision only is actually a pretty good route, two weeks ago, George Hotz from Comma.ai. So do you remember Comma AI? Comma AI is like, if you've got a secondhand Honda sitting in your driveway in the Midwest and you want it to turn into a self-driving car, you can order the Comma 3 on the interwebs. They will send you some hardware you plug it into the OBD port and you can make your car drive itself using open source software.
0: That's mad. Wait, that's, is that legal? And
1: he has, using a group of enthusiasts and no massive funding rounds, hmm. he has got, I'll say like nearly as far as Tesla and way ahead of some of the other players in terms of building up a self-driving level two software capability. He's quite clear on what he's building. He's building workable interim solutions on the way to full soft driving. And at the moment it's at level two. So he's building an advanced driver assistance system right now, and he's building it just using a community. It's kind of amazing. Uh, also, uh, he's a real personality. So that's George Hotz announcing comma three at Comic-Con two weeks ago on YouTube, link will be in the show notes. I think you want to ask me about the future of music. But I I I don't, I don't know the future of music.
0: I guess it's more in our lifetime. We've seen a few different iterations for music ownership, even to the point where now it's like just streaming through Spotify or Apple music or whatever. It's like the default option. It's not CDs or records or tapes. We talked the other day about Audius. So Audius is a blockchain based open music platform for artists. So it's free, you can go to it, it's like Spotify, I guess, but at the moment, there's not that many artists on it, um, but they've done this integration with TikTok and now I'm starting to try and figure
1: out why that is and what that means. I mean, the why that is, is because TikTok has a billion, us- a billion with a B users. So for you to be able to, as an artist, access and get your tracks matched to their memes and access that audience is incredible, with two clicks is also incredible. But I think the questions that I had trying to understand this kind of blockchain version of Spotify was, is it hosted in a decentralized way? So is it going to be able to take away the hosting costs when it tries to compete with streaming services? And then a sort of, initially I was really positive because muzos like nothing more than a new thing that they know about that is a bit obscure and that lets them, discover obscure music before anyone else and artists are going to like this if it contains which it does a channel for them to communicate with their fans better directly um, and make them nfts and stuff Um, and other people have tried to build that before Uh, compare apple music for example that tried to build an equivalent platform like an internal only fans oh yeah and then like it it's free but there's going to be internal mechanisms to handle payment in a way that's more efficient, that cuts out the labels, that does direct distribution, and that maybe somehow resolves the the three-part copyright complex layer cake of current music licensing. So that was all really promising. Why were we talking about audio at all? Uh, Well, you were talking about it ages ago, but this week on the TikTok news, it popped.
0: Apparently, the reason TikTok has partnered with them is interesting. It's not so much you know, blockchain music, it's more if they wanted to go down the route with Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, any of the incumbents, they face this massive revenue share and copyright issues with normal streaming partnerships that basically grind to a halt. So I think their whole thing is they're launching the sound library, right? TikTok's sound library, and they want to get past that. And so they partnered with the Audius because it kind of blazes new Wild West ground in the music area because as an artist you can just launch your music and then you define exactly the commercial model for it so it's not they pay you based on streams or listens at the moment it's all free but coming soon whenever that will be artists will be able to put in their own models for how people consume and how they monetize it through the audience platform hmm. so that's really hard to imagine because it's super vague but one artist has said their music is only going to be Uh, streamable or listen you can only listen to it when you're above 30,000 feet, so in an aeroplane or up a mountain. Other artists will put their music out for free, but to access certain songs or certain additional bonus things, you will have to be tied into their NFT community and all these things. There's a whole different set of business models that I think will get trialed on there. And the TikTok sound library, I think will be a whole new one. And it's interesting because the biggest song of all time, weirdly enough, is Old Town Road by Lil Nas X, which was discovered and made popular through TikTok. So there's kind of precedence for a completely different way of thinking about
1: being a musician and being an artist using this.
0: I just don't know what it looks like because it's so
1: ill-defined. Hmm. Amazing. So where does that leave you on the audio token? So... It's got some unknowns
0: with regard to the SEC, which might sound really vague, but actually what that means is people in the US can't use it, which is slight problem if you think about the scaling long-term. So they need to resolve that at some point and either get SEC approval or figure out how they get around that compliance bit. The future for Audius looks quite interesting because they've just got so much more that's going to happen in the near future. So allowing artists a payment channel with their audience would be quite interesting. I can imagine a lot of artists would want to try that out, especially independent ones or indie ones that maybe don't like the current setup they have. And then the tie-in with TikTok and NFTs could be just fascinating. There's so much that could come from that, that may not resemble Spotify and streaming, but may resemble a completely different thing that we haven't. You know, a bit like the days we used to get special editions of CD and it used to have the album art Mm. and that the people used to collect it and it used to be something you owned maybe there's a return to that kind of weird artist memorabilia relationship thing via Audius. so that yeah
1: I'm quite excited for where it could go I mean the one thing the Verge article did say that I thought maybe still resonates is that if you start off as the Wild West you try to be the version of SoundCloud before they brought in onerous pricing and licensing That stuff, that creeping industryification of music, it it can happen to you if you're SoundCloud. It could, maybe it could happen to you if you're Audius. How will it not happen? If TikTok and new musicians who are for some reason not located in the US manage to create a breakthrough groundswell movement of genuinely enthusiast-powered music with fans and fan art and NFT and payments and OnlyFans type subscriptions and so on. Jonathan Tipper, are you ready for this week's Not A Sponsor? Yeah, go for it. All right. So this week's Not A Sponsor is Dr. Karg's Crackers. So you may know Dr. Karg from in 1950 when on the 20th of April, the master baker and confectioner Hans Karg and his wife, Bette, set up a bakery uh, Mm, in in Walkersdorf near Nuremberg. And... um, And the mayor commented on the business registration, how he laughed at the time. The mayor commented, do we really need a third bakery in Wolkersdorf? I'm sorry, where is this going? So have you tried the Dr. Karg's... How are you spelling Dr. Karg? K-A-R-G. Have you tried Dr. Karg's delicious Emmental cheese and pumpkin seed crackers? No, I haven't. You may think of it as a kind of crisp bread. Do you really not know what I'm talking about? i know these things it's the most delicious thing in the world that's this week's not a sponsor i can't tell you where to find them hunt them out there'll be a link in the show notes and they have to google it they are fantastic it's basically these are the best thing it's a bit like Rivita but less disgusting i wish you'd shown me a picture because i've
0: never known they were made by dr no but that's exactly
1: the problem you can never find them again you just know your subconscious mind just knows that you need them I just thought these were like Tesco. These with the pumpkin not. seeds are, are the ones you should probably yeah, hunt out. Those, Emmental those are very good. cheese and pumpkin seeds. Yeah, get those. Just buy what them. A great all. not a sponsor. Is there a discount code? There's no discount code. And I can't <laughs> tell you where to find them either. You can probably find it in a shop. All right. And that's this week's not a sponsor. That's my favorite not a sponsor. You're welcome. Great job. It's time for this week in crypto. This week in crypto. And quick market update. So everything's going up. It's good news, everyone. Bitcoin had a wobble, went down to forty-four on the the nineteenth, which I'm going to say was uh, yesterday, but now it's at forty-nine k USD, almost at fifty.
0: Wow, that's
1: that's interesting. Um, We're back there. And, uh, Ethereum's had a quite an even, Steven's kind of a week, going down to two thousand nine hundred yesterday, but now back up at three thousand three hundred more or less. Um, the, I think the big one that people are a little bit surprised by is the Solana round at $80 representing an 80% week on week increase. So we talk about Solana powering things like Audius and, you know, it's getting, getting a lot of press for that, for other things. And that is, I mean, broadly speaking, you know, what else do you want to know? Stuff's doing, stuff is going up, other things Mm. are going down. But um, Solana's done well. It's weird to see Binance at four fifty US again. It's weird to ever see it above four dollars. Like for me, I just feel
0: like I was asleep for so long, and now it's now it's just a weird thing with big numbers.
1: But that's probably how all people see crypto. So I, I hear that there's been some major developments in Dogecoin. So
0: they've rekindled the dogecoin foundation apparently this is the big news <laughs> i know that you were waiting for this it's probably the thing so that to the, gets you out of bed in the I morning went to see who
1: the board advisors were on the dogecoin foundation and um, representing elon musk presumably his lawyer uh, legal and financial advisor jared birchall yeah and then um also on the board advisors list in foundation.dogecoin.com Vitalik Buterin Ethereum founder blockchain and crypto advisor apparently
0: and also that my favorite one's shibatoshi nakamoto not his real name in parenthesis billy um doge people will probably know who billy is i don't he is an og dogecoin founder and his role is community and memes advisor it's just the best name best role in a as an advisor to a board So Um,
1: the thing is about the Dogecoin Foundation is that because it's there to fight copyright claims, uh, press and lobby for the interests of Dogecoin, and be generally an all-round great foundation, um, it's hard to know which parts to take seriously and which parts to not take seriously. Because when you're Dogecoin, and then you set up the Dogecoin Foundation... You
0: take none of it seriously. That's the intent.
1: But then you publish press releases that are serious in this ridiculous universe you end up with the following and it's quite hard to know how to take it advisory claims of affiliation with dogecoin foundation this is on the foundation's website um purported doge dogecoin foundation using the domain doge.org this purported organization and domain are as far as we have been able to ascertain run by the same people who run moon rabbit and gozaibatsu As such, any claim of partnering up appears to be designed to create a false appearance of partnership and association with the long-established Dogecoin project and Dogecoin Foundation. We should also note that the Moon Rabbit Ango Zaibatsu Corporation is actively attempting to register a trademark for the Dogecoin name in both Europe as well as the United States. Where are you reading this? It's just one of their press releases on the Dogecoin Foundation website. That's so funny. You know they have the, the manifesto? What was the manifesto of the Doge? That, so their,
0: um, their manifesto has kind of... And this is the bit where you can't quite tell if they're taking themselves seriously or not. You know the Agile Manifesto? Yeah. So if you go to agilemanifesto.org, you'll have like a manifesto for agile software development. And it focuses on... Um, you know, it's in many languages, it says, we are uncovering better ways of developing software by doing it and helping others do it blah, 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 blah. These are the things we come to value individuals and interactions over processes and tools, working software over comprehensive documentation, yada, yada, yada. And at the end it says, that is, while there is value in the items on the right, we value the items on the left more.
1: Like it's nice anyone to revisit who's... that. That's very nice. Thank you for that. No, no problem. And yet if you
0: go to the Dogecoin manifesto, if it will ever load. Well, I have me, it in front of me.
1: Shall I have a go? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Go for it. Being useful we value utility over technical brilliance. Being personable, we value individuals and interactions over profit-driven economics. Being welcoming, we value collaboration and trust over competition and exclusivity. Being reliable, we value working solutions over speed of delivery. That is, whilst there is value in the items on the right, we value the items on the left, signatories, seven people's names
0: so so it's kind of weird because you look through this and you can't help is this a parody <laughs> is it is it taking itself seriously or is it
1: so when you say the Dogecoin coin foundation existed then it didn't exist now it exists again what's the story there so
0: my understanding and this might not be fully correct is the original founders had a group of people who were core developers and a community that was just actively developing it. Then Jackson, watch his face, rage quit, and it continued in the safe hands of the core dev team. And then it died off about four or five years ago, or 2014, when was 2014? A long time ago. So So it died off and then there wasn't really a foundation. Um, In fact, there's never really been a foundation, but the core team wasn't there. And now they've said they've reestablished it and they've brought back Billy Marcus and all these people and Max Keller and kind of some of the original dev team, plus weird advisors like the family of Elon Musk and Vitalik and stuff around an actual foundation. Like the Ethereum foundation you kind of get because they, they launched an ICO, they raised a load of money, they were trying to manage a very complex long-term vision and roadmap, and they needed a not-for-profit thing to kind of be there yeah and, okay. and shepherd. just an it.
1: interesting parallel yeah
0: you know that that kind of makes sense you couldn't have a company yeah and through so the ico to...
1: and well, the ico put some money by in order to right. allow that foundation the ethereum foundation to and prosper. then
0: vitalik being the founder and the person behind ethereum him being an advisor that made sense this I don't I don't know what to make of Dogecoin. It, even the way they've done the pictures of the board, which is really beautifully kind of created little Doge um, caricatures of of each character. Like it's so cute and cuddly and kind of funny. And like Vitalik has a little haircut and a little rainbow unicorn T-shirt with a little Ethereum logos on it. Like it's so it's so much of a joke that I can't work out. Why it isn't entirely a joke? Lawsuits from this would be weird. <laughs> Can you imagine being sued by the Dogecoin Foundation? <laughs> the <laughs> J- Jared representing the family of Elon Musk who's after me. It's a weird, like a weird situation,
1: but I am not entirely sure. Um, you know, where I mean, you wouldn't get any of these problems in the sensible world of the Metaverse of Decentraland. Why don't you and I take a wander down those hallowed halls, those leafy walks? I, I've never is been it, inside it. Have you not? No, I don't know what it even looks like. I was, I was in it earlier. Okay, so well, the there's, thing there's is, a couple... I mean, I'd like to, but they haven't got an app. Yeah. So this is the thing about Decentraland, right? It's
0: massive. And Only for potentially game changing. They, the they're going to launch on mobile soon. And when they do, like, what's this space? You think Axie Infinity can go to tens of millions of users? It's because the mobile form factor. If they can get that right for Decentraland, it could be great. So I was in earlier, and what I'm going to do is.
1: Going to share screen, sorry, now it's on a weird loading plans. page that says loading scenes 80. I want you to Dial see loading this images, 3D models, and sounds brackets 8%, scenes 81%, loading sounds 9%. And now we're on a different loading page. It looks like someone's teleporting through into Star Trek Teleporter saying that we're at 99% loading scenes, but there appears to be no change in the progress bar. This is what I call quality podcasting. Okay, so you've appeared in the Genesis Plaza and there are some billboards in front of you that read classics. Something has appeared and started talking to you. There's clouds scuttling across the floor as well as beautiful red, It looks like origami, but it's actually maple leaves fallen down from the surrounding trees. It looks as if, if you were to jump into that reflecting pool that contains a vortex, you'd be sucked down into something that is maybe better than this
0: whoa i mean oh my god there's a giant doge like an actual hence, giant doge that's weird maybe that's jared from elon's family business
1: you've landed in a wood flooring sort of arcade area with some glass doors a jukebox and a big doge you're now in what looks like a pedestrianized university campus or strip mall I don't even know what we're trying to do here. I was somewhere earlier where you could like buy
0: artwork. I was like browsing OpenSea through here.
1: So let's go to. Oh, okay. So when people say that I can buy land in Decentraland near the Genesis Plaza, like I can now see why that might be relevant or useful. It's because people land there and when they're scrolling around, they start there as they scroll mm. so that's why your Decentraland land tile that's near the Genesis Plaza is actually good yeah did mm. I see a polygon logo over there like a matic just there on the behind the yellow tree slightly obscured by the oh yeah polygon
0: yeah fancy that maybe they're advertising there Um. so welcome to the art gallery that's uh, well, this is nice wait so that this was could...
1: what you wanted to show me
0: Oh, my God, we're in Axie Infinity Land.
1: So this is the metaverse in its current instantiation. This is what Zuck is saying like three or four times a week. This is the kind of thing he means, this but better, with an Oculus Rift on your face. I guess so. Anyway, this could be your me Your me could live somewhere in
0: here for people to come and enjoy in its full three-dimensional glory. There's not a lot happening here, is there?
1: I mean, is this the... is this... is this... A...
0: This is it. This is (laughs) decentralized. Do you want to invest? (laughs) Has this sales pitch done the job? Um, It's safe to say the metaverse feels a little bit like Nintendo developed it 10
1: years ago (laughs) and then stopped. (laughs) If Nintendo Um, had developed this, it would be much better.
0: But This is like the first iteration, right? The thing that I find quite interesting is I quite like that... At the moment, it's just one giant art gallery that you just roam around and you just find weird artwork. Because otherwise you're looking at things not... Like here, things have a sense of scale. They appear on walls. They feel more like artwork than just a JPEG in OpenSea. So I'm sure there's more to it, but we should probably move on. I've decided that
1: I hate Decentraland and I never...
0: (gasps) Oh my God, it's Andreas Antonopoulos has like a... What is this the like famous people in la they get like a thing on the yeah a hollywood star hollywood star andreas antonopoulos i'm standing on his his bitcoin star this is fun this must be the walk nick zabo who's the next one
1: satoshi (laughs) i'm gonna yeah Let's stop this. Let's stop I'm this. I'm going to jump on this uh, opportunity to transition out of Decentraland. Um, oh, great. So um, that was This Week in Crypto. All of which means I think it's time for CryptoPunk or Crypto Funk. Okay. In which there are two NFTs. Only one can be real. This week, so, open format. <laughs> this week, open format. Yeah, I've expanded it slightly. Although mine,
0: mine is pretty simple. First one. Mm-hmm. Is Dogger Lattes. So Dogger Lattes are cartoon dogs with a coffee theme, and they just look like pictures. They are just pictures, they're just JPEGs. Um, it was created by In Dog We Trust, and first one was minted on the first of April this year. There are currently one hundred and thirty-seven in the series, although they're not limited. New ones keep getting added individually uh, with cool artwork and uh, i can tell you the top selling one sold on day one for 1.5 eth which was 2965 dollars
1: at the time and it was called uh soy shiba so could you explain to me how is the link made between the dog latte dog and its uh, coffee so for example the soy shiba is this Shiba Inu, like sipping on a soy latte.
0: No, they actually it's it's fun. They look like uh, they look like they're in the coffee cup, or like they of So you're saying they are
1: in the format of latte art. No,
0: no, it's like they it's like they've been drowned in it. So there's one called um, it was, uh, was one of my favourites called um, Cappuccino, <laughs> which is essentially um, a dog with the little froth on its head and then sprinkles, but inside a little, kind of, rounded cup.
1: Please tell me um, the other one.
0: <laughs> um, sure. The other one is called Tea Time. And the best way of explaining this is it's six, currently it's a series of six different 3D animated teapots. Uh, each has a slightly different design or price and they have different... Uh, quantities in the series so you know some of them have uh, just one which is unique one some of them have 20, 200 identical ones in the series wait there's six uh, there's six different pieces of art right. but they have different numbers of different copies of them in a series but, right so uh, one of
1: the six might have 200 of them correct but one of the six might have just one of them correct right. uh it's created by
0: a guy called perry cooper he's a british born artist and uh here's an example of one of them. So one's called bubble tea. It looks like a cool three D spinning teapot, but with loads of bubbles, purple bubbles just floating through it. Um how many of that one are they? I think there were six of that one, if I remember right. Yeah, the bubble tea one. There's there's one that's got like two hundred of them and it's called Teas, like T E A S E. But it's um Um, it's just like a stretchy teapot just stretches up and down very weird Uh, what else can I tell you I think the first one was made on the 24th of January and the top selling price so far was $6,000
1: what's that in ETH? Um,
0: I don't know I don't think that was priced in in ETH I think that was priced in dollars
1: is this on OpenSea? might be where can you buy them? Um,
0: this is on super
1: rare so let's do a quick recap so there's the um, latte dogs latte dogs like Americanine and so so what's the latte dog properly called dog a latte
0: dog a with a s on the end
1: yeah so what's your favourite one of those
0: I quite like um, pug of the black stuff yeah it's quite fun um,
1: yeah. Any other good ones? Uh,
0: mm, there's one called, um, Caramel Sharpeh, which is quite, quite fun. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, like a caramel latte, caramel sharpe. What's Sharpeh? Sharpeh, it's the, you know it, it's the Chinese fighting dog, the one with all the wrinkles. They're so cute. So they've just got this super wrinkly, um, like, uh, like a Frappuccino. They're like really tall, like like a really fat, wrinkly one with like caramel syrup going through it, and it's a shape. It's hard to explain, but they're really, really nicely designed. They could, um, they'd be really good um, advisors on for the board of uh, of the Dogecoin. My foundation. problem here, okay. right,
1: is that usually. Okay, so let me tell you. Do you want me to tell you what one of your tells is? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Anyway, what well, the deal is that you've done one of your tells for the. Um, for the the dog Latte one Um, but the problem is that you have also done a lot of work to devise ridiculous puns based on coffee and dogs and you seem to have in your vivid imaginary world a really clear idea of what these things look like right each one it's ridiculously too detailed so it's Mm. it's and that to me is difficult because the other one which is a banal piece of artwork by so-called british artists with some teapots and, and inexplicably some of them have six and the others have 200 and another one of the six has 200 another one of the six ones has just one It's just bizarre, like I don't know. That one is the one that feels like it would be real. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to choose the dogs, even though you did your tell, because you have such a vivid imaginary world to think about the dogs. So the dog, so Dogelate is the, um, is the, um, crypto punk and, um, the tea thing is the crypto funk. My towels are good, aren't they?
0: Um, so dog a is is not real. I wish it was, because it was fun to invent. And tea time, it totally is real. They're these just bizarre 3D teapots. There's lots of them.
1: I'm disappointed and... in myself, because you did one of your towels, and I just didn't follow through with it, because your vivid dog things were so real. You really wanted to believe that
0: Americanine <laughs> and and innu would be real i mean they're great cappuccino Capuchin, would be
1: it's very well done <laughs> cool what are yours i'm just going to try and shake off the feeling of uh, just regret um all right so the first one um in cryptopunk or cryptofunk is as follows it's called Meet, Space sizzle social club so Meat Space Sizzle Social Club is basically a photo of some meat, um, pan-fried steak, on a background of a piece of slate. Um, right. And it's all beef, by the way. You get um, information about like it's it's kind of like its equivalent of rarities is is its cut, its weight, its cost, the duration of the cooking. And then this is the okay. best part: it comes with the sound of it being cooked. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So, uh, how is the sound? That's like an audio file. So, the the thing that you get is an image of the steak, of the meat, and it's in its cooked form. It's on a piece of slate, so it's on a black background. Um, You get lots of details about the meat. And then, other things to know. Uh, Floor price, 0.15 ETH. Okay. 10 items in series 1, 25 items in series 2, which is sort of diversified. They, they have different types of meat in series 2. and that has but Always to... beef? No, no, it's not. So it's other kinds of meat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's Meat Space Sizzle Social Club. Gotcha. Next. Um, this one is called Deaf Beef. And... In Def beef, what you have is a bit of music that has been randomly generated and then um, an oscilloscope, an image of an oscilloscope wobbling around to what that music that was randomly generated would be like if it was being pushed through an oscilloscope. Right. And um, the floor price for this one is a 100 ETH. Oh, wow. And um, in the series zero of this, there are 221 items. And um, those are the two NFTs.
0: I mean, you've done such a good job of making that sound not real. Almost like you're guiding me towards the meat sizzle social club.
1: Meat space Sizzle, Social Club
0: Meat Space, Sizzle, Social Club. Okay. Wait, space is in it says space or no, meat
1: space, like you know, offline in the meat space. Interesting. Yeah, I know I know. It, you've got, okay, and um when when were they both created? Um, so know? the meat space one is not so old. The the, the deaf beef one is quite old. Hmm. And
0: this Deaf Beef one. Is it a particular artist who's created it? Who's who's the creator? Deaf Beef. Right. I'm so lost now. I think it was I was tempted to say that the second one, which was Deaf Beef, was real just because it sounds so
1: crappy. Um Yeah. Unless Maybe I should tell you more about Deaf Beef. I'll tell you more about that. The code that makes the oscilloscope image is entirely on chain. So you don't even need to use IPFS.
0: Oh, because it's so small that it can just be so it's held in within th- the actual.
1: T- and the sound itself of the randomly hash generated music mm. is also stored entirely it's... on chain. So it's yeah, the first it NFT where smaller. you're actually genuinely getting the thing rather than an, a thing that's pointing at something else. I thought crypto punks, you are actually getting the thing because that's that's why they're so small. Yeah, but do they make music? No, no, they don't. Um, that's
0: I mean, that's the reason why I think this is real. I think uh, this is, this has to be the crypto punk and Meat Space Sizzle Social Club is an amazing, detailed and rich crypto funk.
1: Jonathan tipper you are correct. So Meat Spaces oh, or Social Club is not real. That's a crypto funk. And definitely is absolutely real. It's um it's doing really well. Like the floor price is a hundred ETH. Um and so that means that it's expensive. It's crazy. And expensive. It's in series zero there's two hundred and twenty one items, but it's on like series five or something now. So you get loads of these. I'm really sad that I'm right. I thought I'd be more happy. Because Meetspace... Meatspace
0: Sizzle. Sizzle Social Club. It yeah. sounds so brilliant.
1: Because you get the meat, you get to buy the meat, and then you get to hear the sound of what it was like when it was cooking. I feel like a restaurant should do that. Like a
0: Michelin star, like, like it's going to be a fat duck thing, right? I mean, like Heston will come out and be like, this is your food, and here is the NFT of the sound and the picture of us cooking it on the blockchain. You pay enough for that food. I feel like you should get an NFT that comes
1: with it. <laughs> when you were <remind> of <laughs> that, you... You sort of laid something down on the table In your I know head. I what are you do. laying down? An SD card?
0: <laughs> you know, I think it was. I think it was um, like a round plate that's actually at the back of it. It got like one um, those digital photo frames, so you see, you literally see the food through the plate. The I feel worst. like that's what you should take away. No
1: one makes circular digital photo frames. Too weird.
0: Well, no one makes meat space sizzle social club. Not yet. Also they too do. weird, but so amazing. What a great idea. That's been fun.
1: Excellent podcast, Jonathan Dipper Thank you. Cool. See you Speaking next week. Started during lockdown, needed something to do. They looked at each other, they said, Hey, I like talking to you. And so from a